You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop, the show that's a little bit of everything with a K-Pop twist. Visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com for more information about the show. That's 17-C-A-R-A-T-K-P-O-P.weebly.com. Enjoy the show! Hello everybody, welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop. I want to start out right off the bat by previewing what you can expect from the next few episodes because I debated making them one long episode because I have a lot I'm already ready and itching to talk about, but I decided it makes more sense for the listeners to spread it out. So so this is basically a three-part extravaganza of new content. So if I don't talk about a, a new recent news update in the world of K-pop or some other new music review or something that seems super relevant, just hold tight because I'm probably talking about it on another one of these three main episodes going forward, so hang in there. But there's a lot to get to, so I'm just going to quick summarize what you can expect. So today on the show, we've got to talk about the new Day 6 album. We have to talk about my interesting, weird, random recommendations for BTS in this album-making process, because I just have some... I'm going to pretend this is like a conference call, and they're actually listening to my recommendations about how to... what to add to the new album process, so we'll see. My recommendations aren't too far off from what they might actually do, and then we can pretend that I was the one who really convinced them to do it. We've got to talk about this new wild technology that is like artificial intelligence singing, essentially... And we have to talk about the Live Nation conference call, what they were talking about. I mean, it's not classified information. That call was reported on by the media. I'm not spoiling insider secrets, but maybe it'll feel like that if you haven't heard about what they said on that call. And anyway, we're going to talk about what they said about the rest of 2020 in terms of concerts and how they actually do plan to go ahead very soon with new concert protocols to test the waters a bit for this post-COVID-19-affected world, and I just find that very interesting, all of the ideas tossed around during that Live Nation meeting, and some of them already going into effect at a very specific venue, actually just later this week, so we will have a lot to dissect with that. And of course, since I didn't have the time during the last episode, this episode I do want to catch you up to speed on the good news happening around the world, just miscellaneous feel-good stories that are a recurring segment on the show now. The next episode is going to basically have this theme around C-pop and J-pop music video analyses and discussion because there's a lot in the world of C-pop and J-pop videos that I want to get into. And I just, yeah, I find them fascinating as well. And we're going to talk about the best and the worst of them. So, And some of them remind me of certain K-pop videos. So I will do a segment about, you know, if you like this K-pop artist, you might like this C-pop artist. If you like this artist, then you might like that J-pop artist, etc., etc. And I'm going to have a host of new view recommendations for you about what to watch on YouTube, what songs to listen to now, all of those boredom busters, plus a more in-depth Day 6 album review once I've had more time to listen to it and really think about it, because I don't like to give any reviews right away after the first listen. I like to take time to sit with the new music. And so let so quick recap because that's already a lot. So today on the show, lots of K-pop world news updates, especially focusing on BTS's album preparations and my unique recommendations for this new album. Uh, talking about this AI technology and other info regarding the future of the concert and music industries, and some good news updates. 
Then the next episode is going to have a lot of recommendations for what to watch and listen to, a Day 6 album review that's more in-depth, as well as C-pop and J-pop music video discussion. Then after that, the next episode, there is going to be a lot that I don't want to spoil yet, but some I will give away. And this content might actually go into a fourth mega episode that's you'll get within a week or two of today, where it's kind of-ish the halfway point of 2020. June is the halfway point, and let's face it, the past few months have felt like a whole, like they've both been two decades each, so I think it's it's fine, it's not too early to do a midpoint best of 2020 K-pop rundown in terms of music videos, albums, performances, all of those categories. So, my mid-year award show will be next week. I also want to do kind of an oral history of sorts for Bonds to X to celebrate their band anniversary, and we're going to talk about the BTS docuseries after I get to watch and comment on the first installments, and there's just a lot planned. So, okay, so today's theme is kind of the future of the concert and music industry, as well as some miscellaneous headlines. Next up, C-pop, J-pop video focus, and then next we're going to talk about Best of 2020, talk about some more news updates, BTS docu-series info. Then on another new episode, which will either be that third one or the fourth one after that, we'll talk about this new trend with with K-pop artists who are not actually from Asia. Uh, what I think about all that, we'll talk a lot more about cultural appropriation and things like that that I've been talking, that I've been touching on a little bit lately, but I'll dive into more. And I also want to talk about stuff that I don't want to give away yet, talk about my senior project and the results I found. It's a, there's so much content to get to lately, so let's just get right into it. Enough chatter, now it's time to just actually talk about the latest news in the world of K-pop. So, first of all, yes, Day6 did release their new album, The Book of Us, The Demon, and I'll give my review on the next episode, like I said, but I will just say right off the bat, that it is well done as always for them, that I can tell so far. It is interesting because it's definitely one of their, you can sense the heaviness of this new EP. It's definitely shows they, well, this, first of all, Day6 has decided not to actively promote this new release. They have some interview quotes that are newer that they've sent to media publications. So it's, I guess they are still promoting this album technically, but just not on televised events. Um, so they're not actually doing live performances, like doing the typical K-pop music show circuit this time, citing anxiety and taking time off, which I think is really important. So I'm all for that. It's exciting that they still decided to release the album. And it is interesting now, artists that choose to still release their album when they know that the promotional opportunities they have are not the same as they would be without a pandemic going on. And, I mean, in in South Korea right now, they're still having those live music shows without an audience, but they're still having those shows. But, so, Day6 still decided we're not going to take that opportunity right now, and I'm I'm totally supportive of that. Um, and I'm very glad they were just honest with us because, like we talked about a lot before on the show, a lot of K-pop stars 
when it's a mental health issue that's causing them to take a break from the spotlight, they don't like to say that, and so they just kind of say health issues or personal reasons why they're taking off. We've talked about this quite a bit in episode three of season one, so it was a while, while ago, but if you want to hear more about mental health in the K-pop community, we talked about that then, but overall, I'm just very excited for them because this new EP has been doing really well on the charts, despite the lack of televised promotions for it. So I just think they deserve that. And I do. I am honestly a little surprised that it's done so well on the charts so far, because it, it's a time where I think people are very much excited for the new song of the summer, and just happier, summery songs, not just because of the time of year, seasonally, but the time of year, the, the time in our lives, um, no pun intended with a day six song title, but it's really a time where I think people are gravitating toward music that makes them feel better and cheer up, so I, I'm, I'm very happy and surprised, honestly, that day six has done well on the charts so far with this EP, because for me, this is the time where I'm listening to really just fun, light stuff. I want that escape. And so darker, heavy music, I don't feel like that's going to be trendy right now because people are already having those thoughts without music adding to that feeling. So it's interesting, but good for them. Excited for them. Hope they're doing well. In other K-pop news, we've got a a whole bunch of view count updates for videos. Not Today is BTS's 10th video to surpass 400 million views. Jessie's Who Dat B has passed 10 million views. Blackpink's Playing With Fire has passed 500 million views. NCT127 has placed third on the list of Asian artists with the most touring income from 2019, so they racked in $7.7 million. So that's that's very exciting. And speaking of NCT 127, make sure you check out the Kick It remixes that just dropped the other day. Hitchhiker's remix is the best in my opinion, but let's debate. I'm up for that. And Kick It also, the video has surpassed 44 million views. Approximately 4 million of those views probably came from me. And last stat, NCT Dream had their virtual reality type of live show. They, and we've talked about this in the last episode, so if you need more context about why these numbers sound kind of impressive but actually may not be in the grand scheme of things in terms of, like if I were an actual, I don't know, investor or critic of analyzing the popularity of concerts and artists around the world, this is actually not that impressive just from a technical standpoint. You know I stand, I'm not trying to be mean, I'm just saying that I think this whole thing SM Entertainment is doing with their artists with these virtual reality shows or this new version of live shows in this pandemic era, it's not as pop, as not as successful as they hoped it would be or aim for it to be, um, but it'll grow over time, I guess. But anyway, we talked about all that in an, a, one or two episodes ago, but NCT Dream did have still a, a substantial turnout of viewers from 107 different countries, although we talked about why that's not exactly actually, well, you'll see in the past, if you go back to a previous episode. It's also interesting because this time, SM Entertainment tweeted about NCT Dream's country reach, how many countries different audience members tuned in from, but they did not 
say how many viewers tuned in, which they did reveal for the other show, Super M and Way V. But this time they just said, well, we trended number one worldwide on Twitter during the show, which, okay, I mean, K-pop fans always trend number number one worldwide on Twitter. I'm pretty sure we've we've trended, like, number one for, like, one word, like, we probably trend at number one for Downey at some point. Like it is, it is every ref, every K-pop instance that you can think of being becoming an iconic reference probably trended at some point. So that I, I'm not super impressed by that. Um, again, no shade. I'm just thinking about this technically, but it is interesting that they didn't reveal how many viewers tuned in specifically. So we'll see. I think NCT One Two Sevens will be the most popular out of, well, maybe Super M's was, but I think NCT 127's show, which is next week, will have better ratings than the NCT Dream show, but I think that's just because they've, because I think they have a bigger audience, so, but we'll see, we'll see. All right, and before I get to more miscellaneous news updates, let's talk about the BTS album process. So, if you didn't already know, BTS has been working on their new album during this quarantine, and they've been basically recording and posting on YouTube and other sites what they want to do about this new album era and how they want to prepare their comeback. Basically, it's giving us an inside look at the album-making process, which I, like I said when we were talking about Charlie XCX's quarantine album process, is a very cool idea that I think more artists should take advantage of because it helps with that fan-artist bonding and sense of just wanting sense of loyalty to the fandom and sense of personal investment in the albums and the finished products which in turn will help these companies with their financial bottom line but also with longevity of the fan base so I think that fan input really helps with that fan loyalty over time and so it's very because it's very exciting and I do feel like we will feel like we were a part of something once this album is released because we were the ones who followed it every step of the way. It wasn't just a surprise release, which also has its merits for publicity-wise when it's a surprise release, but I digress. So the main takeaways, if you have not gotten the chance to catch up on these meetings, which sometimes run for like an hour-ish, they basically talked about... Well, I, I broke them down into seven things they've talked about naturally. So first of all, They're thinking that for this next EP, they will have seven tracks. They're going to bring back skits, which has been a while since we've gotten a skit on an album, so I really hope they do that. I kind of hope it's like an August D skit, even though that would totally tonally not match the bright feel they want for this, but I've just missed August D, okay? And he recently admitted, Yoongi recently admitted on a V Live that he really is uh, still very much in the early days of creating Augusty 2. At least that's what it sounded like, that he's still very in the thick of the process and nowhere near done, and I miss Augusty, so... Anyway, but they will have a skit on this new EP, at least that's right now what they're thinking of, and they're hoping for probably two subunits on. They've been tossing around ideas for different subunits, which is my second thing on my list, that is key to remember. So a couple of them, they're thinking about Suga and Jimin teaming up. They're thinking about a, a real old school from, what, 2013 with Jin, Suga, and RM teaming up. And, you know, any combination works for me. I We love to see it, no matter what the combination. 
Number three, they're thinking about something lighter and more laid back. So casual attire, more chill, more bright and fun and summery, and just kind of fitting the time. Like I just said, it's a time where people want that brighter, happier stuff. And I'm sure it'll have the trademark symbolism that BTS is known for, which they actually did mention. They're thinking about symbols already. One being a backpack, because it can represent things to different people of different age groups. It can be a traveler's backpack, it can be associated with school, etc., etc. So obviously it'll still have the BTS Easter eggs and other hidden, or just exciting, um, more uh, universally relevant themes. It's going to have that trademark BTS aspect to it, but it is going to probably be a little less heavy on... A little less heavy with, like, the symbols themselves will be a little less heavy in content, if that makes sense. And another key thing they talked about is keywords that they want to include in this album in basically tying all the themes together for their songs. So the main words that they decided to roll with are empathy, letter, and telepathy. So let's talk about that. So letter... Here's my first idea for them. So for letter, if letter is one of the main ones they want to go with, and obviously they have the note saga and stuff, the idea for that term being a theme came from Yoongi, who was talking about how he had this good feeling when he did get a letter or something like that he was talking about, or how a letter fell out of a book or something. It's like a little surprise. So I'm thinking if they like the concept of a letter and the good feeling it gives people, and they like, and the just Yoongi story reminded me of this. Maybe they should take us back to the childlike joy of reading pop-up books. Like, what if the photo book for this album was like a pop-up book, or it had like a paper doll, or some other thing that fell out of it? Yeah, we have the notes, and they could put a literal letter in there. It'd be cool if it was like a handwritten letter, but I don't want to make them write millions of letters. But... Something cool that pops out, or just literally a pop-up book like the kind you read as a kid, maybe? I don't know. I just think that would be really cool and unique. Just something to think about. They also include the word empathy, which I just think is great. Nothing to say further there. Telepathy came from Namjoon, of course, because he's, you know, IQ 148, deep thinker guy. But telepathy being... He talks about how we fans post online on Twitter and Weavers and such all the time about how we're feeling, and then it's like they read our minds or vice versa. It's like we're kind of on the same wavelength in how concerts and the eye contact we have at those shows and other events is kind of like Army's ability to know how we're feeling just by looking at each other. And so he wants to take that concept into account in this new album. So... That That is just, yeah, another thing I don't have further comment to say because Namjoon said it best and I don't want to butcher his explanation of it. So, lastly, they did not write notes during these meetings because they said ARMY's really good at remembering and taking notes for us, which, yeah, we are and we love. So, you're welcome. We did take notes for them about this album prep idea. So, all the ideas they tossed around, they decided they're all going to send to Jimin, who is the official project manager, and he's going to then bring those ideas in this comprehensive report of sorts to the head of the company, and they're going to talk about how to make this happen. And it, it's very exciting to watch how this project unfolds, and I will continue to talk about updates about that. So, my other main 
my other main for now, I'll probably keep thinking of ideas for them, but my first idea for them is pop-up books. My second idea is that I hope they somehow really, really stress... They've talked about how much they want a natural look and a casual look and a summery feel for this album. So I'm going to take the word natural and take it super literally and ask them to really, really emphasize their love of nature. You probably thought I was going to be really NSFW with that, with where I was going with that. No, I just talk, I'm literally talking about nature right now. With nature, I really want to see the photo shoots in trees and, you know, with the sun behind them and all maybe like a sunset versus sundown photography situation going on. Maybe like a GCF, that uh, one of Jungkook's films that's like sunset time and then one filmed like sunrise or something. I want them to emphasize their love of nature because I love when they do that because not just the aesthetics of it, but because this planet is literally on fire and I just, I, I, they're so influential and I love when they talk about how much they love nature and the earth and I really want them to find a way to not directly just have this go green message, but really do so in a way that might get into the subconscious of viewers, you know, and especially when you think about how much you have a personal love and, and emotional investment in BTS. So if they're sad, we're sad, right? So we don't want them to be sad. So we'd better not make them cry and let this planet burn. Let's go save the earth. Like we should, you know, use our emotional attachment to them to make sure we have a better, greener future. So let's encourage that. And, you know, basically use that as your motivation to be better to the earth is that we need to not disappoint BTS. So that is my uh, soapbox for the day. Now let me automatically just jump back onto another soapbox. So Big Hit Entertainment has announced that they are helping create this new reality show to find what they call the next generation of K-pop artists. And this next generation is going to be found through a show called Island. And there's one thing I love about this already and one thing I really don't. So, first of all, I love that Rain and Zico are allegedly, or at least in talks about, being official mentors on this show. And I miss Rain. Come on, people. Like, especially that the album era with, um, with La Son or L.A. Son, however you want to say it, and Opa, honestly, is a good song, Superman. Oh my gosh, that album era from, I believe, two, was it 2004-2014? It was, it was a while ago. Anyway, so Rain, Rain Music, the throwbacks are just, they're aging so well, and so I'm excited to see him again. He would be a fantastic mentor. Nothing against Zico, I'm just personally missing Rain more because it's been forever since we've seen him. So I really hope that at least Rain is there and be cool if Zico was a mentor as well. So we'll see how that goes. But obviously I want to support that because Big Hat Entertainment is really great and an ethical company, especially compared to others. But my my main issue with this is the title because it is I Land and that is the name of that was the name of G Idol's world tour that was essentially canceled, um, not postponed, but canceled because of COVID-19. And so that was going to be the name of the tour. I believe that's the name of the reality show. 
If not, it's the name of, it's a name that, it's a term that is used among the Neverland, the, aka the g fandom. And so, I just, it, it's really, even the font and the logo for this show reminds me of g and I, I'm personally, if I were a hardcore, I mean, I stand, but I'm, I don't know if I'm, well, I'm a fan, I don't know if I'm a stand of g and so if I were like a hardcore stan, I would be so personally upset. So I'm just thinking about what it means for my fandoms if someone really ripped off their logo or slogan. It really is a personal, disappointing situation. So I really do hope they change the name for the sake of the Neverland fandom because that that's just personally yet yeah, feels very wrong. Feels feels weird and I don't know. I'm just very it is not comfortable. It's something I just want them to change because it's way too similar. And there are a million other new names they could come up with for it. I would even help them. You know, I could I could say, you know, maybe they should just call it, like, the Sponsored by 17 Karat K-Pop Show. We're a work in progress, that title, but we can return to that thought later. So, other news updates. Congrats to ATs, who have been called the next generation of Hallyu, a.k.a. the next generation of spreading K-pop's reach globally. They are the Korean Culture and Tourism Ambassadors for 2020. Other big news, Wanho from Monsta X has officially signed to Maverick, which is a company Madonna started. It's based in California, so that's very exciting to know that he's possibly going to really make a solo mark on the U.S., and also really exciting is that, oh my gosh, think about this, guys. So Wanho, if he's stationed in California really for work right now, or at least for his English promotions, he's signed Maverick, which is the same label that has Lil Nas X and Miley Cyrus. So I'm thinking Old Town Road remix number 1024 or something, or we have like a rodeo part two. Wanho San Rodeo from the Monster X album, you know, maybe like a part two of that with Lil Nas X feature. I'm just tossing ideas around, but let's get some Wanho Lil Nas Monster X. Oh my gosh, that's perfect. They could call their like mixtape together Lil Nas Monster X. This is perfect. So let's let's make something happen with them. I just we love we would love to see it. Other things we love to see. Taeyang from Big Bane has a free docu-series to watch on YouTube, starting on his birthday, May 18th, every Monday and Thursday for the course of four weeks. You can go to his channel and watch the evolution of Taeyang. He talks about his personal life a lot, and he's going to also open up about and share behind-the-scenes footage of his time on his solo White Knight World Tour. So we can revisit Darling and other gems of songs like that live. So it's kind of half, it sounds like half concert, docuseries, half personal. And so that will, that will be really interesting. It probably decided to, they probably decided to release it now because I'm, I basically helped indirectly promote it and hype it up with my Big Bang talk from the last episode. So you're welcome, people. Alright, on a, a less exciting note, some lawsuit updates. Big Hit Entertainment has actually been in two major ones lately. One of them we're going to talk about on tomorrow's, not tomorrow, but the next episode. Um, I'll save that. But today, let's talk about the photo book. So, this entertainment tabloid magazine basically published photo books that they claim were 
BTS photo books, but they were not official and they had not gotten permission to use and sell those photos. So Big Hit Entertainment has won that lawsuit and this tabloid has been found guilty of theft and unfair business practices. So justice is served, but justice not being served in this other instance. So switching gears, the Burning Sun scandal, as we've talked about at length on previous episodes, the latest update in that scandal are that two of the main perpetrators have been resentenced. They were actually going to be resentenced May 5th, but due to the pandemic, their appeal trial was delayed till this week. And so now one of them has a prison sentence that has gone from six to five years only, and the others has actually gone from a five-year prison sentence to just a two-and-a-half-year one. And that drop was more significant because they say he basically reached an agreement with the victim that also helped mitigate his prison sentence length. And, however, they also took into account that they see him as lacking remorse and showing rehabilitation or just a sense of trying to remedy the situation. So it, it's, I guess they tried to balance out the fact that he had already reached a settlement with, not financially, but just maybe financially as well, but some sort of discussion and agreement and face-to-face -face meeting with the victim, it sounds like, but that they also tried to balance that with the thought that he didn't seem to be remorseful. And what they got as a result is a prison sentence essentially cut in half and the other ones dropped by a year. But both of them do still have more to their punishments. They both have to take 80 hours of this violence prevention class, and they both have, will have five years, a five-year time span where their employment opportunities will be lessened. Although I'm not sure how much that's a punishment if you work in the entertainment industry because those employment restrictions tend to be about working with children, working with the disabled community, etc. And so you don't you can easily avoid doing that if you're a musician or an entertainer, but maybe, but anyway. So so you know, I in yeah, you know, I have a lot of thoughts about these senses. I don't uh, it's frustrating to see them reduced at all. But I'm also a person who's big on alternatives to incarceration as punishment because I'm a criminal justice minor. So I've, not to really toot my own horn, I'm just saying I'm thinking about all that I've learned about criminal justice over the years in college. And one of my biggest takeaways from studying the criminal justice system is how much better pun how much more effective some punishments are than incarceration and actually some prisoners become actually more likely to recommit crimes if they've been in prison for a longer amount of time so the longer you're in prison the long at least in the USA the long it seems the more likely you are to at least in some cases reoffend afterwards because when you're in prison you get that mentality you're surrounded by other prisoners you're socialized to think like those prisoners so you may actually come out even more of a hardened criminal than you would have been if you had just gone to a rehabilitation program or some other some other consequence that was not about being surrounded by like-minded people in the worst way those people that kind of train your brain to be threatened in the, and re-enter the world into this threatened, paranoid, violent, aggressive state. So I could go on and on about this, but I'm just, 
I'm, I'm just sharing my thoughts about the Burning Sun scandal updates and how these sentences, I don't know how to feel about them. I know some people are outraged that they are less, they are both less than 10 year sentences given the, the lifetimes of pain they've inflicted. But at the, at the, and that does make me upset. But at the same time, I know that what would do good for society and really, truly preventing this from happening again may not necessarily be locking people up and throwing away the key. So I don't know. It's really hard. This case is really per, um, personally dis, uh, disappointing to me. Um, and it's, even just the fact that they appealed was odd to me and frustrating because they already got off pretty decently for considering the crime they got off pretty well honestly so for them to appeal seemed so arrogant and frustrating to me so anyway all right let's go to brighter news right away so well it, brighter if that's your definition so we are going to talk about what happened on the live nation phone call they had their quarter one earnings report and other information revealed on that call. So it is time for Quarantunes, episode two, technically, but we've done this for longer, but I just started calling it that. So anyway, so Quarantunes updates about music making in the time of COVID-19. So on Live Nation's conference call, they released their quarter one report earnings. And before I tell you the percentages, keep in mind that it is actually a huge drop for a company if their their profits go down like 2%. That's even a big deal. So keep that in mind as I say this. Their concert revenue for the quarter dropped 25%, and their ticketing revenue dropped 16%. However, what is looking good for them is that apparently 90% of ticket holders for Live Nation, for Live Nation shows 90% of them have not asked for refunds for their shows. They're holding on to their tickets, hoping that sh their shows are rescheduled and not just canceled. So a lot of people are holding out. I'm not sure how much different these stats will look after quarter two of the year. Maybe more optimistic, maybe worse, depending on if people decide they're done holding on to their tickets and they want their refunds, or if they are still patiently waiting, or less pa not so patiently waiting, but still waiting. Um... It really could go anyway. It's so unpredictable right now. But what I found even more interesting than the statistics of it all during this call was that they talked about what they hope to see for 2020 concerts, which they do want to still happen this year. So they tossed around a, a host of ideas, probably all because they listened to this podcast last week where we talked about some of those ideas. And so they talked about crowdless shows, which... Isn't that just a live stream? Um, but that's how they described it, a crowdless show. I guess it sounds nicer, more exclusive and special than, than live stream, but it sounds like that's essentially what they're trying to describe. So they talked about that. They talked about drive-in shows, like I talked about with that German rapper who's really starting that trend in Europe of drive-in concerts. They're ta they've talked about doing something like that. They've debated having festival season go on, but limited capacity at those festivals. They've also talked about really limiting the capacity in certain venues. They've talked about going on a location-by-location -location basis, so maybe concert tours are restructured. So K-pop, or not, actually, yes, K-pop, but 
in general, music tours tend to hit big cities. You know, if you go on a North American tour, especially with K-pop, they really stick to Chicago, New York, LA, maybe, maybe a place in Texas. They really stick to like four or five major cities at least. So no matter, like a K-pop stars go to other, other locations too, but if they only go to a few places, it's those places always. And they may totally restructure that in the future. K-pop and other artists. They might stop going to the typical venues at all and go to the places that are in areas with less concentration of the virus right now. So the places that have fewer cases, less restrictions on gatherings, things like that, might be where they route their tours now. So it'll be interesting where that is and if that even, I don't know, you know, how much that makes sense because hotspots could be everywhere and you don't just don't know the confirmed hotspots are like New York and it's about testing it's about it's such a mishmash especially in the USA of what places have a lot of tests and which ones don't and so to know actually what's a hotspot is kind of subjective depending on testing capacity and other things you look at and so basically I think they'll not only try to restructure shows, but that's difficult here. I think they may try to, honestly. They didn't talk about this in the call, but I'm just speculating. They'll probably try to have artists focus more on places outside of the USA that are that are really past their curve, past their peak officially from this virus. They'll probably focus there, but we'll see. So the biggest interesting thing for me, moving away from the Live Nation call to talk about something else... There is a venue in Arkansas, May 15th, that is already planning, yes, May 15th, is already planning to have their first concert in this post-COVID hitting USA era. So their first show back is going to be May 15th in Arkansas. It is the first reported uh, main major concert event happening since this pandemic hit the U.S. so hard. And it's it's this artist named Travis McCready who's going to be in town. And basically, it's not part of a tour or anything. They're kind of really testing the waters here and seeing how it goes. So they have a whole bunch of plans in place for the show. They it, The venue seats over a 1,000 people, but they are only going to have a little over 200 people in there. They're also going to have a lot of ways to lessen the things that you touch and pass around. So touchless soap dispensers, touchless or not um, refillable beverage containers that you just go up and put your own personal cup under, prepackaged food and drink items that you pick up, mask sales on site. They're obviously going to sanitize the whole venue before the show. They'll probably also sell or give out hand sanitizer there. They're going to have a capacity max of 10 people in the bathrooms at a time, which seems like a lot, but also it is a lot, actually, 10 people if you're talking about social, trying to socially distance, but it's not if you think it's way, it's a way small amount if you're thinking about the amount of people that typically go to a concert and the lines for the bathroom. Now imagine 10 at a time. So there's going to be a line to get in the line to get in the line in the bathroom. They also are going to have temperature checks before people enter the venue, which is a good idea, I guess, but also keep in mind that a lot of people don't have a fever who have the virus, so there's that. I'm not sure how effective it'll be. So yeah, decreased capacity, more sanitation, masks, sanitizers, etc. They also have an interesting seating structure they're going to try, 
where they have what they call fan pods. So groups of seats are basically, you can only buy a pod. So you can't buy one seat. You had to buy like a cluster of seats together. And each cluster is going to be spread out in the venue. So however, you don't have to fill up every seat in your pod, but whoever you're going to sit with for the show stays in your pod. And you, that's, you basically stay in your pod and the pods are at least six feet away from each other to watch the show. So it's kind of like, I guess, a dinner theater structure with the tables spread out, only this time it's it's uh, not tables, technically, and it's a little further spread out, I guess. And the last thing that I found very interesting about this, but that might be chaotic, is that they're going to have one-way walkways. So, meaning they have the things that they have at some grocery stores now where arrows point in a certain direction, and there's not crosswalk. You can't have some people walking to the left while other people walk past them to the right. It's going to be one-way only tr foot traffic, which helps, you know, to eliminate how much um, people are breathing the same air and whatnot. It's all very, it's all interesting what they're going to do, and I'll keep you posted on what the outcomes are of this show, how popular it is, what goes well, what doesn't, because it's really experimental. I have no idea. This could be a huge surprising success. Or this could be utter chaos. It's I'm trying to think about the shows I've been to. Imagining concert crowds. It is very crowd-specific as well. Because, I mean, some crowds, and depending on the show, you know, if you're going to see, like, a ballad singer, the crowd is probably pretty good, pretty polite. They'll follow the rules. They'll stay in line. They'll take turns going to the public bathroom and you know, buy each other masks or whatever. And then there are some fandoms, like, imagine, like, singing big, big Bang songs in that kind of venue. People will, not not that they're, I'm not shaming the people, I would agree with them, it's based on the vibe, but Big Bang songs, please, we are all going to get up on the tables or, you know, practically stampede the stage or something. Like, I feel like that would escalate quickly. So, it, it depends on the artist, too, like, who how much they can expect the fans to follow these rules and have it actually work out okay. It might just be such chaos. Like, I wonder if they'll just... You know, actually, this is, this part actually makes sense for K-pop shows more than other shows, is what they should do. I don't know if they're going to do this, but they should have people show up way early. So way, way early. Because you know how long it's going to take with the line to the line to the line to get to the bathroom or to buy souvenirs or to buy masks, etc. All the lines, all the traffic is going to take up so much time just to get to your seat and get everything situated. Temperature checks, all of that will take forever. So they should open the venue super early in the day and then... That's why I think this strategy actually might be best for K-pop shows because we always have like a pre-show block party. So let's just do that. You know, like they could, they'd probably put restrictions on that, like how much you can like trade cards or whatnot, unless you like are wearing gloves. I'm not sure how it would work, but I'm just saying, you know, if there's any place where, if there's any fandom who would actually not get bored and really enjoy getting to the venue insanely early, it's probably K-pop fans, because we talked about our biases, there's, you know, point dance practices, it's a whole flash mob meets block party atmosphere, so we could try to have a socially distanced version of that somehow and make it work, have a sing-along or something. I'm just saying, it might work out, so it's very interesting, we'll see how it goes. Speaking of quarantine songs and whatnot, there is this new technology called Jukebox. It is an app that 
calls itself, quote, a neural net that generates music, including rudimentary singing as raw audio in a variety of genres and artist styles, which basically is a fancy way of saying it's AI that takes famous singers' voices and turns them into songs. So they have a lot of classics on this jukebox app. There's Britney Spears, Ariana, Katy Perry, a lot of pop stars. It's very pop-focused, at least based on what I've looked at, but maybe that's just my bias for pop music. And, yeah, there's a lot to say about that. There's actually a lot more to the app that I want to talk about. I'll do that on another episode, but based on what I've seen so far, I have to get more into it and talk about it more in depth later, but it's it's interesting. I uh, don't like it um, because I'm thinking a lot about... Like, I do think this is going to be a popular app and a popular tool for companies right now, and they can't have meetups for songwriting sessions and the like. So to just turn to AI to do the job for them and make them money might be appealing to them. I'm really hoping that the the reason people gravitate towards writing songs and making music is because they want to express human connection. Because that's the ultimate irony, right, is that our cons- our extra reliance on auto-tune or other technological advancements when making music these days gets rid of the humanness of it and the whole point of music is to share human emotions. So it's just so ironic to me. So I just don't... uh, that uh, Yeah, it's troubling but also a reason not to worry too much about this trend of AI replacing people is that it really can't. Because the whole core of what music is all about and what gets people to really connect to it is the humanness of it. So I don't think this can... I think I think my main prediction, what I'm trying to say, is that maybe people, especially producers, will try to get their bottom line financially by using Jukebox or other apps temporarily to make content or just play around and try. And so I think it'll be more popular in terms of actually people trying to make it work, not popular right now in terms of it actually working and people being re- being positively receptive to it, especially now when we're all lonely and social distancing. People want that human feeling of being connected more than ever, so this is not going to take off right now as much as people might hope. These music companies might hope it'll financially take off. So rest assured AI is not taking over yet, You never know, but I will just leave it there, and we will see. We will see. One last thing about life in quarantine and music making as it relates to that. Charlie XCX continues to kill it. She is making her quarantine album my latest update, which is why this episode is called I Finally Understand. K-pop pun mixed with Charlie XCX song title pun is because her latest song, I Finally Understand, was released in quarantine, it is a bop and a half, and it's not like her other songs like Claws, where you really have to like her vibe and her like hyperactive meets just like oh like overly dance pop auto tune drenched synthy sound. Her very trademark unique sound that's an acquired taste. It's not like that. It's a little more publicly. I think something that the 
the, I would, I, I'm, it's her latest release from the album that definitely feels like more something that anyone could have easy, an easy fun time listening to, something I could hear on pop radio, so I would check that out even if you're not into her very unique sense of sound. I finally understand is the best single off of her quarantine album so far, and it, it's very interesting. It's a very cool experiment. It's making me think about what BTS is doing and what I think more artists will start to do, which is have fans every step of the way pick the singles, help pick album artwork or design their own album artwork, use the audio stems like Grimes released where you can basically take the audio stems and make your own remixes at home. We can all become DJs and songwriters and album art designers during this quarantine. So it'll be very cool what, com- what music comes out of this era. And Charlie, if Charlie's music is any indication, we're in for some treats because this actually can work. We're learning that it really can... People really can make high-quality bops in quarantine. It's really fascinating how much creativity humans can have when they have to use it. So I do want to update you about Charlie's album project because it does relate to how I think other artists can behave during this time and because I just want to talk about it because it's been very... I'm very impressed with it so far. So also, one more recommendation. So BTS, if you don't want to take my pop-up book and eco-friendly recommendations, one recommendation you should take is follow Charlie's footsteps and have a special Zoom call that you selectively give fans the passcode to so fans can chat with you over videos. It's a way to hang out with us, celebrate the festa, you know, before June, your, your band-diversary. I'm just saying... You know, we would we would love that opportunity. So just throwing another idea out there. So anyway, so speaking of throwing ideas out there, that is what is going to happen on the next episode. Not a great transition, but I'll we'll deal with that later. So before I go, obviously, I have another roundup of 17 good news stories to share. And before that, though, here is a word from your sponsor, which is also me, and then we will get get back into it, and I will see you all again after the good news update, and then I will see you all again during the next episode, where we are going to talk about C-pop and J-pop videos, the Day 6 album, BTS docuseries, etc. Number one... There is a new mutual aid program that I want to highlight, and I'll try to do this more regularly, just highlight ones that I've heard about that are people just coming together to help each other out. That's what mutual aid is all about, reciprocal help for each other. There is a new one in Arizona, so if you live in that area, you can visit NeighborsWorkTogether.com to find out more about how you can get help and return the favor, give Groceries, run errands, etc. Donate to causes, all of that in Arizona. So that's neighborsworktogether.com. Number two, I put this on the good news list, even though I don't know if it is. It's up to everyone to decide. Again, it's an AI thing where you can be concerned or intrigued or both. It's okay. But robots were held in place of students at a graduation ceremony in Japan where people actually had iPads. They live, they video chatted, basically, they like Zoom called into the graduation. And so the iPads with their faces that were video chatting at the time were strapped to the heads of robots who moved around the stage to get their diplomas. And that seemed to inspire a school in Arizona. So now the Thunderbird School of Global Management at Arizona State University decided to do the same thing. I'm not sure how I would feel having my face on a robot, but maybe that's a dream come true for you. And if so, congrats. Number three, 
Beyonce and her Bay Good organization, her Be Good organization, has this new initiative called I Did My Best, or I Did My Part, sorry. It's, uh, I was thinking Beyonce is the best as I said that, but I Did My Part, it's a mobile testing campaign, so basically it's a way that her campaign is going to fund and distribute a thousand tests, masks, gloves, vitamins, all sorts of medical supplies and supplements for people in the Houston area. That started May 8th. And number four, James Corden is paying the salary, the full salary out of his own pocket for 60 of his furloughed staff members. Number five, Japan had something interesting this month where, aside from the robot thing, where they have these garden eels, so many garden eels in this aquarium who were acting strange and antisocial, and they were concerned that these eels were reverting back to a more primitive state, I guess you could say. They were retreating to a less developed, a, a re, they were regressing developmentally, and they were basically not having their natural tendencies, and so they were very acting very shy and uncomfortable. So Japan pleaded with people to basically participate in what they called a face show festival, and at this face show festival, humans were requested to basically have a Zoom call with these eels. So tablets were set up around the room of this aquarium. The only rule is you can't make loud noises, but other than that, you could talk to the eels as long as you want. And so humans got to actually tune in last week or a week or two ago and FaceTime eels. It was their civic duty to do so, which is is fascinating. And, you know, it's a next level up. So if you're one of those people who loves to talk to your plant, well, do I have news for you about what just beat your hobby. Number six, there is a guy named Tom Shrubin who has decided to post a daily bad dad joke in his yard on this chalkboard thing. So I just kind of love that. And it makes me think of Sokjin. So if you know, you know. Number seven, nearly $1.5 million was donated to Navajo and Hopi families by the Irish. It was basically returning a very, very, very long overdue favor when the Navajo and Hopi families decided to help out the Irish during the famine in the 19th century. So they helped with Irish famine relief, and now they're finally getting money back to return the favor, which is huge, especially now, because these groups of people they've, well, obviously, it's just a, it's a sense of closure for their history, and if anyone wants this sense of closure and reassurance right now and comfort right now, it's, it's you know, during a pandemic. Number eight, Nike has donated 30,000 shoes to USA Healthcare workers. Number nine, this is more of a PSA, really. I'm not getting getting paid to say this, but it's interesting to me. So, if you're a guitar person or I wanted to learn how to play the guitar... Fender Play is offering three months of free lessons right now if you want to pick up that new hobby. Number 10, in Dearborn, Michigan, it is it has been very frustrating for those who celebrate Ramadan because it's all about gathering in community and that can't happen right now. So basically the Ramadan Lights Challenge has become a neighborhood initiative in Michigan where people are basically decorating their houses in lights of all kinds, and it's kind of turned into a decorating contest. 
and it seems to have really lifted the spirits of those celebrating Ramadan in the neighborhood to have that contest and have people who don't celebrate Ramadan also participate and show respect for the holiday and just show an interest in knowing more about it and those conversations were sparked by them joining this decorating contest of sorts which is just a great sign of solidarity next up there was a parks and recreation special that aired a a live stream-esque special that raised three million dollars for feeding america so that was awesome a lot of charity viewing continues to happen all the time so make sure you look out for that all the time next up there is a boy whose name is corona in australia He's been bullied, but sent a fan letter to Tom Hanks thanking him for just being a light in this world. And Tom Hanks responded by sending him a typewriter and saying he loved his name. And in the best part, he signed the letter, P.S. You've got a friend in me. Obviously quoting his iconic Toy Story line. And it's just the sweetest story. And side note, if you're wondering why he's named Corona, that term itself comes from the word crown. It has to do with, you know royalty or it also is sometimes used when talking about parts of the sun so and so he won't get bullied now that tom hanks is officially his friend hopefully and also there is a principal who he he's a principal of wiley high school he wanted to celebrate his graduating class and so he did the most This guy in Texas, his name is Vindy Montgomery, and he drove 800 miles around Texas. Over the course of 12 days, he spent driving around to personally show up and congratulate at a safe distance all of his graduating seniors and let them know that they were appreciated and their hard work did pay off. So he visited over 600 seniors in that span of time, which is incredible. Number 14... There is a teenager in Texas named Valerie Shu who raised lots of money, lots of money, about 10K to the, send masks to the Dallas Medical Center. A lot of young people helping out right now. And uh, even, even younger than a teenager, there is a six-year-old in British Columbia who basically set up a lemonade stand in his front yard, but for joke telling. So he doesn't sell lemonade, he sells jokes, which just sounds so cute. So shout out to him. His name's Callaghan McLaughlin. All right, number 16, Patrick Rodeo from New Jersey. He raised a lot of money by by running 20.20 miles for obvious reasons, and he ran this marathon for raising that money because people at his high school were unable to afford yearbooks without help. So he he chipped in, raised a bunch of money to help make sure they could have yearbooks because that is a special big historic moment they really wanted that closure of getting a yearbook and that sense of normalcy too from getting it and to just reflect on their time and hard work over the past four years at high school. So he made sure that they could still get their yearbooks despite all that's going on in the world and how financial hardships are on everyone right now. He made sure they had the money for those yearbooks. And lastly for today, there is a FedEx worker named Joden Price who he went to visit this family, and the six-year-old ent- answered the door. Her name's Emma, so he went to Emma, and she answered the door, and she thought a package was for her, but it was actually for her dad, and it was apparently boring stuff, according to the six-year-old. So 
that's I know the feeling when you expect a fun package and it's the boring stuff that your parent ordered. So that happened and she was disappointed, especially because it was her birthday. And so when this FedEx worker found out that it was her birthday, he w- he left. And then an hour later, he rang the doorbell again and he was back with Dairy Queen cupcakes for her because it was her birthday. And oh, she was just so delighted. So happy belated birthday to Emma for for, you know, turning seven, I, I guess, if, if she was reported as six years old in the story, but it was her birthday, so she's six or seven now, congrats to her, and that's just really sweet, so yeah, just another roundup of many that I want to continue to have of people looking out for each other right now, it always just makes me feel better about the world, and I hope it does for you too, so anyway, that's the show for today, I will see you very soon for a whole bunch of new stuff as I've been teasing, so in Feel free to support the show, spread the word about the show, and uh, talk to us on social media, and I will get back to you as soon as possible. So see you all then, and have a great day.